0: everybody this is john tolker from carbiz insider i have two special guests here with me today i got noah and kevin from autoscores how are you guys doing today oh well, we're doing great thanks for having us
1: yeah absolutely thanks so much john we're doing awesome
0: that's great it's, it's such a pleasure we've been talking about this a couple of months back to have you guys on the show but you know, the business schedules that you guys have and I have, and uh, Noah was presenting at the NADA and all that good stuff. Finally, we made up this time today. Um, why don't you guys introduce yourself to our audience? Because, you know, majority of the audience I have is from Canada, so they may not know you. But I think it's a great opportunity for you guys to introduce yourself. Why? So, Noah, why don't you go ahead first?
2: yeah um so my name is noah john and um my first uh, exposure to the automotive industry was back in 2005 or six um i was in college at the time and the third person that that's not here um but here in spirit is um my other partner uh, david and he um he's a second generation car guy and he was in college at the time too and we were both actually interested in a lot of technology so um we actually started working on uh the website for his father's dealership so that was my first exposure to it and through him I've always been connected to it and I got into it full-time co-founding this company Auto Scores with him in uh what do they call it the early 2010s let's just say around you know 2010 2011. the aughts aughts? okay oh
1: the 2010s right
2: (laughs) and um we've been going strong ever since
0: that's uh that's really amazing story there and uh, I'm going to let Kevin to introduce himself too then we can talk about that connection in uh, in Spain and all that good stuff. So why don't you go ahead Kevin then we're going to start talking about your good uh, stories there.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm Kevin Jones and uh, I'm the director of uh, dealer success for Auto Scores with Noah and uh, been been with Auto Scores now for for going on a couple of years. And uh, but Noah and I yeah, we go back to uh, 2007. And uh, it was because we both, um, you know, we, we both had this opportunity to teach English in Spain, and I, I had studied um, international business and Spanish at Ohio State. And you know, nobody ever tells you when you when you major in a language that uh, you're not going to be fluent when you get the when you get the bachelor's degree in that language. And uh, which which makes sense though, you know, because you're not necessarily a master in and anything just because you have the degree in it and and you know so i wanted to make sure that i could that i could say that i could speak spanish fluently and there was this amazing opportunity to go teach english um and help the the spanish government at the time they were just trying to lay the foundation for their schools to be bilingual to increase the multilingualism because there were folks from other parts of europe uh france that were there doing the same thing um, and so we were both there on a grant, Noah and I were, they put us in a hotel room, two perfect strangers the first night we met and, um, you know, we, we became friend, fast friends because we were, we were teaching English, not at the same school, but in the same, um, but in the same general area. And, um, and so, you know, we spent a year there together, uh, as friends. And I also met David at the time, cause that was one of the reasons why Noah was initially, uh, in Spain, because he had taken an interest in, and the language and the culture he had known about, he knew about Spain and Madrid from from being friends with David and his family who are from Madrid and their car dealership there. And, uh, you know, we've just been friends ever since and just kind of a winding road. I've been in and in, in business development and the technology uh, sphere for, you know, since I came back from from Spain in 2008 and uh, just a couple of years ago, I had the opportunity to join back up with Noah. And uh, I'm, I'm really glad that, I, that I'm on the Autoscores team now
0: well uh what a what a story there you guys go to spain to teach uh english together you become friends now you guys are working together this is this is really nice you know you guys are lucky you know good good friendship here and become a business partnership right so that that's amazing um why don't we talk about uh david a little bit so you uh-huh. said david's family has uh car there are they in the car business there or absolutely
2: there? so um their dealership uh is canal car it was founded in the 60s by his father alberto pilo and they've been you know uh, a stalwart in um in the spanish independent uh automotive industry you know for decades now and when i met david uh i knew his dad owned a dealership but he and i both had the same interest which was to get into technology we, uh, we managed to do that. I ended up getting a job at EA sports working as a, um, as a gameplay engineer, so a software engineer for video games. So as a kid, that's what I wanted to do. And I got to do that. And he landed a job at Microsoft on the Excel team when they were actually transitioning Excel from a desktop application to, um, a full fledged cloud app that people could use on the internet. office
1: 365. Yeah, exactly.
2: That was the precursors of that. So, um, he he swore to me, as I knew him, that oh, I, I'm never gonna that I would never go back and work. You know, he grew up in his father's dealership, right? He did all facets of it. He he was on the floor with the salespeople. He was in the back doing F and I. He's seen every aspect of it. It's like I'm not going to do that. Well, a couple of years later, <laughs> he calls me. And says, "Don't kill me. I'm going to take over my dad's dealership." So, um, you know, he he his dad, uh, you know, was taking a step back and. And uh, David came in and what was so unique about his situation and more unique now, knowing what I know now that I've been in the industry, the amount of time I've been in, is that he came in to an established business that had been around for decades, had great brand reputation. But what they lacked was exactly what he possessed, which is this knowledge of technology and this knowledge of what tools are available to you and what you can do with them to save yourself time and do things better so when he came aboard he did a bunch of things to improve their process internally he got them off the post-it notes you know they they you know how many times are, are people using post-it notes and hand notes to communicate and he systematized all that and along the way he he's kind of really wanted to take a look at doing his inventory pricing better there were a lot of feelings I mean he you know he's got uh, at the time he had over 200 vehicles now they have over 400 I believe and it was just one of those things where he said, I feel like I'm missing something. You know, um, I, you know, I try to price my cars a certain way and I look at the market, but sometimes these vehicles will sell fast, sometimes they don't and something's not adding up. And he felt like looking at customer behavior was uh, an avenue worth exploring. So uh, he and I teamed up, we worked on a prototype that works specifically for his dealership where we, we not only looked at VDP views, which is where everyone was looking at the time. We actually looked at what people were doing on the page itself, how they were engaging with it. And what we came to realize what we were doing is what his dad was doing in the 90s and all the way you know, running the business up and through the 90s, which is what was he doing to get a read on his inventory? He'd get his sales team together in the room. He'd ask him how the car's performing and the sales team could tell him, oh, we had a couple ups on this minivan. We had a couple ups on this Audi and he could get a pulse that way. Now everyone's on their phones doing their work. And researching so they don't visit dealerships so david was really onto something he was very much i think ahead of his time um and to just keep it short we did a prototype it had legs it had promise we said you know what this could be a product and a service we can sell to other dealerships that's where autoscores was born in his dealership and we co-founded it and um i'm happy that you know we had some ups and downs and and certainly COVID threw a, a wrench at us in terms of where we wanted to go growth wise but uh, since then, I was happy to bring uh, Kevin on in uh, you know in his position, and it's been absolutely a, a blessing. So that's kind of how things have been, and it's uh, you, you get, I, I can't take the smile off my face.
0: <laughs> uh-huh. That's 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 good stuff that you're sharing. So what years were you guys doing these things? 2000 and uh, when did you guys come up with the prototype first? What yeah, so work? in
2: um in our case, the first thing again was was working to to update their website because their website wasn't um wasn't wasn't fluid like you could bring it up on a phone and it wouldn't resize. So we were addressing that in 2006, 2007. And because of him as Kevin pointed out, I had an interest in Spain and wanting to continue to learn. So um, when David ended up staying in the States to pursue, you know, his master's degree, uh, at Cornell before he went to, uh, to Microsoft, I was switching places with him and living in Spain. And, um, it was when we reconnected in 2010, not, I mean, I was in touch with him, but when we reconnected on the business sense, that's when the auto scores journey really started. So, you know, I would say 12 years total working in this, On this problem in this field but obviously part-time initially and then coming on full-time a few years later and then doing it full-time ever since
0: that's uh that's great 12 years uh so kevin uh in terms of the reaction because you're kind of like the i would say dealer facing you know introducing this doing demos like you're the guy spreading the word what kind of reaction do you got from dealers when you first show your tool? Like, what do they say? What's the feedback? <laughs> uh,
1: well, I, I think uh, one of the first things Noah told me when I, when I was trying, and that's a great question, by the way, um, was in, in, in some cases, it can seem like you're trying to sell people a telescope when they don't necessarily n- know there's a moon out there. And I think actually Noah might have taken that from an, one of our earliest uh, customers uh, that, that we worked with. Um, but I think, you know, just as as happens with any company, as they as we mature, um, as we as we really in, in internalize and take to heart a lot more of the the feedback that we're getting from our growing uh, customer base, um, you know, that that puts us in a position to be able to sp- you know, speak a language that, um, you know, more readily resonates with, with somebody who might not have ever thought about things or or looked at things from the perspective that we're looking at things. And it is a completely different perspective. I mean, I think we, we, we were trying to sum it up yesterday and I think we said, you know, we're just gaining more and more confidence in this fact that, um, regardless of the tools or the technologies, the process processes that you're using to manage inventory and regardless of who you are, uh, that's doing the inventory management, whether you're the GM, the GSM, you know, inventory manager, pre-owned manager, whatever, we feel confident that you are missing something. You're leaving something on the table. If you're not, if you're not looking at what the customer behavior is telling you, um, if you don't have that customer lens, Um, into what they actually think about your unique vehicles, your customers, what they think about your vehicles at that time in real time on your website. Like We have the data and the experience and and the happy customers to show that you're you're missing something. So I think that um, to sum it up, it's like we just let people know and we say very confidently that, If you're not incorporating the customer perspective on your specific vehicles in your inventory, then then you're missing something. You're leaving money on the table. And that seems to resonate um, to
0: the point where we can do a trial. And then, as they say, the proof is in the pudding and and in the eating. Great answer. I think any kind of retail business we're talking about, including like a boutique that you go and buy clothing and stuff, right? Or a car dealership or when you're selling a house, right? Uh, I think the presentation of the product is the key. It's more important than the price itself, because if you can't present your product properly, let's say th- imagine this for a second, you walk into Tommy Hilfiger's, uh, you know, shop, you're going to buy some nice golf shirts, right? You walk right in. As soon as you walk right in place stinks cigarettes, right? <laughs> the lighting is not good. It's so dark inside the clothes are all over the place. And then there's no prices on the items that you can see and the worst comes to worst. You can't even find an employee. And as soon as you find an employee to help you, they're extremely rude to you. What do you think the outcome will be in that? Even though it's Tommy Hilfiger, it's a known brand and all that stuff, right? Like it's obvious that a customer goes into a car dealership, right? And I'm talking about old school stuff now, like just a physical visits, they open the door, car smells cigarettes, right? It's dirty inside. The car is dirty. The salesperson is rude. There's no price or information about that car. It doesn't matter what market you're in. You're not going to be able to sell that vehicle or product. Period. And then now we take this up to the digital world to your website. Same thing. You go to a website that is slow, doesn't load up things. You can't even find the car you're looking for. And every single car has says contact us on the price mm-hmm. section and then the pictures itself are just those um generic pictures of the car and even if they post a picture on it uh, there's snow on the car there there there's cigarette burns on the seat that you can see how likely you're going to be able to sell that car right like what do you guys think on that perspective the presentation of the product well you know i think
2: if, if if i think back to some of the earlier uh workshops and and conferences that I've attended, uh, you know, people talked about the digital showroom. That was a very popular term at the time, like, oh, your website, your digital showroom. And I think there's a, there's a, the reality is like it or not, that, and the numbers back it up, everyone's doing their research and shopping online. And their first impression is less likely to be when they step in your, you know, in your dealership, which does have an impact because they could have a great impression online of your your company, and then when they show up, they have a terrible experience, like you just described, and that'll turn them off. Even if they were almost convinced they were going to purchase a car from you, but what that means, and what we've discovered, and and this is you know like speaking to David's dad is like, what did he dominate? He dominated print, radio, television. Um, he he dominated the the hand to hand, you know, the in person stuff, and unfortunately, the the reality is uh the skill set you need to understand your customers is becoming less the in-person stuff because they're doing so much of their research online and how you present your product whatever it is uh, online very much matters because that's going to be the touch point they have with you initially and on the same on the same token, if you're smart about it, you can actually glean insight from what people are already seeing and reacting to online and turn that into, preparing you better and having a better sense of how things are performing before those people open the door and visit you in person.
0: Yeah. And, and, and what happens is this, uh, let's say there's layers of employees in the car dealership. So I'm the used car sales manager, right? I got lock guys. I got person takes pictures. I got this and that. There's no way I can be everywhere when that process is happening, right? Because I need to test deals. I need to appraise cars. I need to buy cars. I need to go fight with my new car manager you know all that stuff that i have to do on a daily basis so there's no way in the world that i can monitor every single employee's reporting to me to do the job properly but one thing i can do that is if there's a reporting mechanism which tells me the reaction of the customer then it's going to point out the deficiencies on my presentation and my merchandising then i can pay my pay more attention to that and a correct take a corrective action And when i take the corrective action i can be more profitable and i can turn my inventory faster so my understanding with auto scores is when i saw the program which was i was really shocked and surprised that i think something like this exists i didn't know that because i'm like a more v auto guy look at your car's price you know all those things i didn't know there was a supplementary program like that which guides the used car manager and points out the exact car with a problem on it so now my question to that is how do you guys do this like it's just uh this is like next level stuff you know it points out the exact car with a problem on it on your lot like how can you guys do it so it's it's something that's quite common in other business
2: sectors um it's just i think automotive is very unique and their idiosyncrasies about car buying and the shop the The research people do that you do need to account for so there's an expertise there um I was very lucky because I have a tech background and my partner when we founded this is a second generation car guy that grew up in it so that was in his DNA and he could then translate to me in my speak uh what's going on and then I learned in turn to start speaking and and learning the car business that way. So I kind of learned it backwards, but from a guy who had, um, like I said, it was in his DNA, he didn't know any other. Everything to him in a dealership was normal, you know, where to someone that's not born in a dealership, it might seem a little odd. So what we're doing at a very high level is we're able to track what a customer does we're essentially, I say we just sit next to the customer when they're on their phone or on their computer and we watch what they do. We watch what they do because we can see what they click on. We can see how they, what they swipe on. We can see if they pause over a photo, if they decide to check out the specs, or if they decide to maybe think about, like maybe they're hovering over the lead submission form and they maybe dabble with it, but they don't actually submit it. We're able to track all that. And then what we're able to do is monitor as cars are selling, and match up the positive signals and the behaviors people are doing with sales. So in other words, what we're able to do is identify the actions and patterns of actions people regularly do when they're looking at your inventory online and match them up with when a car is coming up to selling because people will see the car first, react positively, and then they'll come knock on your door and try to buy it. What we're able to do is identify when people are excited and about to knock on your door and ask to buy it so that you're kind of ahead of what's happening. And that's our philosophy is we want to look at leading indicators and what's a better leading indicator than the people that are going to buy your car. And it involves stuff like called machine learning. We're able to take all this stuff that people are doing, throw it at uh, the system that essentially can identify these patterns in there. And then when it sees the same patterns happening, so if it sees people reacting now to these cars in a way that, it remembers people have reacted the same way in the past when a car sells. It lets us know, and we in turn let the dealer know. So it, it, for the people that are, are not familiar with this type of technology, it might seem uh, it, it might seem quite fun, like a little voodoo. But in reality, what we're doing is the same thing, as I said, that David's dad was doing in the 90s. He was asking his sales team, how are the people reacting? How are the ups reacting to the cars you showed them? And we're essentially doing the same thing, except we're doing it in the digital medium when people are on their phones, not actually doing the walk around with your salesperson.
0: Wow, that's uh, <clears throat> a lot to ingest, you know. In in in, in this, it's like a, it's a lot of, a lot of stuff that you talk about machine learning, you know, the website tracking customers patterns behaviors. It's 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 a lot of stuff there. So that's really like you know next level stuff we're talking about here because. Here's the situation we're in right now these days. I had conversations with a couple of dealerships uh, and they're saying like, yeah, the used car market is hot, but we see a slowdown in the sales. I'm like, what do you mean? Like we used to carry 20 cars and sell 40. Now we have 40 cars and sell 20. Okay. The gross profits are up, uh, but we see the E leads are down. We see the walking traffic is slowed down a bit and we see a lot less people are interested in the used cars. And I'm like, why do you think that's happening? He says, I don't know. I can't can't pinpoint. You know, I can't put my finger on it. It it makes no sense. So here's my question. Do you think uh, a tool like uh, Autoscores, right? And if you've been using it for a bit on your website, um, I mean, your dealership, do you think that can pinpoint an issue like that? Why there's a slowdown in your sales and leads? Do you think would give you some indications?
1: Go ahead, Kevin. I just, I just want to kind of, kind of prime this for Noah because, of course, the, this question is very, um, is is very timely. It, it kind of goes back to one of the things we always say: like if if we could, if we could predict like when the market's gonna gonna turn and how severely it's going to turn, and if it's gonna be a bubble that bursts, like these sorts of things. Anybody that can tell you that or says they can tell you that, I mean, they're you know, they're they're overstating their. Their, their abilities there. But um, of course, we can start to look at these leading indicators in, in, in the market and, and the anecdotes that you were sharing um, the, and the things that we hear from dealers and the things that, that we hear from our contemporaries out there um, and the experts, you know, and in, in, in in not only the automotive retail space, but in the pre-owned space, you know, in the clubhouse rooms, on, on LinkedIn, what have you. Um, and, and, we're starting to hear some of those some of those indicators as well. And so naturally I asked Noah, you know, uh, because I want to make sure that anything that I'm putting out there, first I have to understand it at an intimate level myself first to be able to properly uh, uh, convey it in a way that, that's gonna resonate with 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 the with the audience. But you know, naturally I, I asked Noah, like is this potentially like an opportunity for for a company like Autoscores because we're not looking at trailing indicators. Right? We're not looking at what's been happening. We're we're looking at leading indicators. We're looking at these signals of what's going to happen. And so in that sense, how might a dealer or an inventory manager be able to use our tool um, you know, to maybe mitigate some of the risk that that, that, that some of them might might see as you know incoming, which is, you know, are we going to be over? over leveraged on our on our in, on our inventory we're going to buy too much high because the market's been so hot and they' then be stuck with it you know how do we start to see these turns not only on a vehicle by vehicle vehicle basis but on at our dealership level? And how my auto scores help with that, and so um, it, it's it's kind of a nuanced answer. But I think Noah, um, that's what I wanted to prime you for, and and, and you can kind of say how you because I think that's similar to what John was asking. I think you can kind of um, elaborate on on how you would answer that question for me.
0: Well,
2: so the 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 question is, I, I'm I'm sitting at my desk, and, and we you know we've experienced this all the time. We're sitting at our desk as an inventory manager, where it's a GM, GSM, pre-owned inventory manager, whoever it might be. In our case, we're sitting at our desk and we had our vehicles on the lot. And to your point, um, we care about the number of units we're selling and the grosses we're selling them for. And if we're looking at the market, we're going to only be knowing what's happened historically. And it doesn't necessarily suggest what's going to happen. So I remember we'd sit in our, we'd get together, we'd do our price changes on a Tuesday or on a Wednesday to get them ready for the weekend. We try to price them competitively in the market. And then we take a look at how our cars are performing on a Friday afternoon or a Saturday morning. And suddenly we weren't where we were positioned because guess what? Everyone else had changed their price too. And then we had to play catch up with that. And markets will tell you what's happened after the fact. If you look at customers Buying patterns and buying habits and what they're interested in, that's going to that's going to inform you of what's going to happen. So to your point, John, looking at customers, whether it's using a tool like Autoscores or someone else's, it's it's going to make you more bulletproof to market shifts because you're looking at the people that are going to lead to the event that matters to you, which is the car sale. If you look at what's happened historically, what what do what does Charles Schwab tell you right away? Past performance does not guarantee future success because they know what you've seen happen doesn't necessarily mean it's gonna hold. What our approach is and what we advocate, what our philosophy is, is you have to factor in how the customers are reacting to your inventory because they're gonna give you a read on how that's gonna perform in the future, not what's happened in the past.
1: And- and there's a really key, a really key point here that, that that made me kind of go aha, and it's because the customer behavior does not change. What customers did, you know, last year when they were on a, our, you know, say say we're working with a with a dealership, and we're on their website, and it's the same website, you know, all things the same, right? Um, because every website's different, every website's set up different, so we have to be installed. Um, on a dealership's website for at least 30 days to, to study what that behavior looks like. It's going to look different. I mean, there are going to be some things that are that are, that are similar, right? So, some general things you can say, like, um, I forget the one that, uh, the no. Oh, yeah. So, like, if, if customers are scrolling through the carousel of photos, right, and then all of a sudden they stop and go back, like, pretty much across the board, regardless of what website we're on, that's usually going to be an indicator that that customer indicated or, uh, interested in, in, in that car, but as we've been as we've been studying this um, as we've been studying this this behavior, what we know is that this is what it looks like before a vehicle sells, and what it looked like a year ago, what the things that customers were doing on a website a year ago for that website are the same things they're doing now, right? That has not changed, and that's why it's such a good predictor of when vehicles are going to sell.
0: But if you think about this way, so last eight months, I would say a little less than eight months, the gross profit per unit significantly came up due to the shortage of the cars. Do you think high gross profits made dealers a little bit complacent, lazy that they used to follow some merchandising practices, like putting nice pictures, the angle, the description, getting the cars ready in 72 hours, right? The lot ready. Do you think, Because they're making so much money and people lined up to buy these cars for last six, seven, eight months. Do you think it made them a little bit lazy? And my question is, if you agree that it made them a little bit complacent and lazy, which is the human nature, when things become so easy, right? You don't pay attention to that. So you get away from the basics. Then as sales managers, we always used to say, let's get back to the basics, right? To fix the problems. And do you think a program like AutoScores will hold people accountable and said, "Hey, it took you seven days to put a picture on that car. No wonder why you didn't sell it, right?" What, what do you think on that aspect? Well, I believe that <clears throat> I'm. I think
2: every dealer is wearing so many hats, and especially the GMs and the GSMs. I, I've never met a GM or GSM that that has free time. They're always know they're always putting out fires they're always wearing tons of hats and you you know you use the word complacency i'm sure in some cases it is complacency i just think it's it's addressing the most the biggest fire in the room and if you're if your front end gross is high that's not going to be the biggest fire that you're trying to put out it's probably going to be acquisition because you know units are so scarce yep. that doesn't mean that that's a valuable thing or that's a fire that needs to be addressed that's not still burning um, but i think that's what's happening in the dealership at, at, you know at that level they're, they're addressing the biggest concern the the other issue is inventory management is becoming more and more complex because they're having to do it in so many different programs so many different platforms and they're being exposed so many different data points and i hate using the word data points but that's what they're being exposed to that you almost need to have like a phd in that just to make sense of all of it you know we're not reducing the amount of stuff they can look at we're increasing it so what our approach has been and and i and i I hope that you know i think dealers are, are realizing this is our approach is you need to be able to lean into trusted vendor partners and technologies that are experts in a certain specific area let them do the heavy lifting for you, digest what needs to be digest of everything, and then present to you a curated, easy to understand set of things that then, all right, I've done this, show me what I need to see. And part of that is accountability to your point. But that I think is, is something that the more successful dealers are, are succeeding at is understanding where they're weak in terms of knowledge and filling that gap. And it can be very scary for dealers because you're asking to find a partner with a skill set that they have a hard time vetting. And I totally get it. But if they can find someone that can that they can partner with, because what I said, there's no easy answer to. It's you, you have to use your gut, make sure you get a good rapport going with, with this person, or maybe you have someone in the dealership that can help you vet. And I know dealers have that. They, they work with someone that, that they, they trust, that works for them. Uh, in the dealer in some role and one of their roles is i want you to vet this vendor and see are they someone we can work with that fills this skill set and then that vendor or that program or that service will then do the heavy lifting give you a curated set both of opportunities and accountability kind of partner stuff and it's a win-win so i i i don't want to say complacent i'm sure there are cases where they are i think it's just out of necessity it's I'm going to go for the biggest, the biggest fire in the room and deal with that. And right now, inventory pricing, to your point, if grosses are high, probably went down their priority list a little bit.
1: Yeah. And uh, and, and I would say just to add on to that is, uh, uh, you know, op- presenting them opportunities. Uh, you know, you, you hear this a lot uh, actionable, actionable insight. Uh, and, and, that was even stuff that we, that, that we heard early on because we, we provide a lot of analytics and and it was, you know, useful to some people, but you know, how, how do we make this digestible and something we can act on, but ultimately show us the, the results, you know, like be transparent about, about the numbers and, and, you know, there's all these anecdotes and stuff, but that, that's one thing that, that I would also always suggest is, you know, whoever you're working with, you know, um, yes, hold them accountable, but to, but to what, like, what are these stated, um, objectives? Do you want to increase your, your front end gross total? Do you want to increase your turn? Do you want to save time? Like what are those things? Establish those in advance. And then, you know, the partner that you're working with, um, you know, hopefully they have some mechanisms built in to, to be transparent about the result of having worked with them. Um, I know it sounds, you know, it sounds crazy. You shouldn't have to say those sorts of things, but, um, But we we, we find that for us, it ends up sometimes being a kind of a bit of a differentiator. I think maybe a breath of fresh air from some of the dealers that we work with. So,
0: Well, I I completely agree with what you guys say. It's just uh, one biggest factor in the dealership operations. And this applies to every department in a car dealership. Is The main biggest problematic KPI is aging. Whether you go to the parts department, whether you go to your new car department or used car department, aging is always a problem you don't want stuff to age in your dealership and that changes based on the department you're looking at it but dealers embrace like 60 day uh, aging policy and used 45 days 30 days as 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 it gets as aggressive as possible so i mean depends on the market and dealership while well, they have their own limits and stuff which makes sense but i think if there's a tool out there could tell me why this car is aging and even if it's in a hot market, I think it could be uh, useful for any uh, manager in, in the used car department because it doesn't matter what market you're in, if the aging is, becomes an issue, then it eats your gross, you know, it just creates problems, you know, the rotors rust, you know, it's a lot of problems when the cars sit on your lot for too long. And I think that's what I started to see happening because the market was hot, you just put cars out there. Everything gets sold at five, $6,000 profit. Now it doesn't anymore. <laughs> now there's a lot of dealers loaded up the inventory because they don't have enough new cars. So they obviously need to have something. And I think uh, hopefully things get better. But uh, I think it's getting a little tough out there to move those uh, metal with good profit. And as the market shifted, people paid lots of money on those cars to acquire. Now it's going to be tough. The... So, yeah, yeah I mean
1: it's it's a I you see all sorts of uh, debate on you know on LinkedIn and, and across the various forums and, and clubhouse about what's going on and what's going to happen and um, you know some really good res- resources out there one one of the things that I think is so cool coming in you know from outside of the industry a couple of years ago is, is the way that um you know so quickly the industry has embraced this kind of uh, uh leveraging you know kind of new um communication platforms to to um you know evangelize the you know the good news like here are the things that we can do that that here are the things that that we did at our dealership that helped us it's like these kind of instant 20 groups all of a sudden that are available to people um every single day or, or, or weekly for whatever whatever you know function of, of, of the dealership that you want to discuss and that's one of the things i think is um is pretty encouraging and, and you know on those channels you, you'll hear most people talk about you know when the market's going to turn all that kind of stuff but generally what i've what i've heard from some really you know some people definitely in the know chief economists at some large companies large automotive companies is you know it, it they're not thinking it's going to be this bust this, bur- this bubble bursting you know it, it's hopefully that's not the case and it's it's just more of a gradual sort of return to whatever that new normal is um and it gives dealers you know um a, a, a reasonable chance to kind of respond and not be left holding holding the bag a lot um with, with you know whatever their investments might be and whatever the inventory might be parts um you know uh, actual cars so that's what we've been hearing out there, but, you know, pretty encouraging just to see the way that um, the community all kind of, um, you know, bands together.
0: Yeah, that's that's really nice. I mean, Clubhouse, LinkedIn, you get a lot of information and it's good for everybody, right? Like what we're doing here now, too, we talk about, you know, the business and hopefully this will help somebody out there. Well, uh, it's been great hosting you guys, both lots of information, uh, lots of innovation, which is great stuff before I wrap it up, anything else you guys want to add final ideas, how people can contact you, uh, all that good stuff. Sure. So, um,
2: by all means, you know, uh, you know, our company auto scores, we help inventory managers, uh, manage their inventory better and faster. And, um, obviously, We're very focused on the customer lens, and that's a lens that's been underutilized in in most dealerships. We give everyone a free trial. We're we're very much a prove it upfront uh, company, so you don't have to take any uh, sort of financial risk when trying us out. You do the free trial and we're very transparent. It should be abundantly clear if we're a fit for you guys. So if you have any interest in learning more you know reach out to either one of us uh my email is noah at autoscores.com kevin's is Jones at autoscores.com you can obviously find our information on linkedin it's super easy um i, I want to thank you for 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 hosting us john it's been an absolute pleasure um i actually w- was looking forward to speaking more about our times in europe and the good food and and my time when i went to istanbul and, and all that <laughs> stuff uh, but we'll save that for a drink when i see you in person and uh, the only thing I'm just going to put out there is, um, I just want to I just want to express to to whoever's listening to this, to you, to Kevin, just the immense amount of gratitude I have to this industry, um, and especially to the 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 people that stuck with us um, during the pandemic. We definitely had some some people that were scared about if they're going to keep the lights on. And um, they had to suspend their service, but there were some people that stuck with us even when things were really um, were really thin for them, and obviously thin for us. And I'm immensely appreciative to them as well as the whole industry. Um, it's a it's a big industry, but it's a very tight community. And seeing everyone at NAD again in person was was such a joy. So um, I, I you know a big thank you to anyone out there. You guys are amazing, and automotive's a, a really cool industry. And if you think we can help you. Be sure to reach out and and we'll do our best
1: yeah and i just want to say thank you john as well you know been been a very professional i think you do a great a great job with your with your interviews and um you know i i know that you um uh, that you've done some some great work as well um you know through through your company um so uh you know continued to success to to all of us and to the entire industry i'd say
0: well thanks thanks for the good words and uh the, the best wishes it's it's amazing to you know talking to like-minded people uh for our audience if you guys uh missed the whole conversation it's recorded you can watch it uh listen it in your favorite podcast place and uh if you have any questions for me i'll be more than happy to help you out but again uh i wish everybody the best uh in the car business hopefully everybody will close the month really strong and uh, make good money because there's a lot of people working in this uh, industry, their families, they support, and it's a big, big business. And uh, hopefully uh, things go, start to go back to normal soon and we start to get more cars and hopefully things will uh, get back uh, much better. Thank you for your time and uh, talk to you guys later. Take care. Thank you, John.
1: Thanks for yeah, watching, man. folks.